Hello, hello. hello, hello. Welcome to Movie Riches. If you like horror, if you like suspense, if you like misery and despair, action, and sex, then welcome to uh, Movie Riches. And we have a guest. We have a guest today. It's the full crew of Corner Combos. Hi. Christina and Crystal here. It's a monumental moment for the Movie Riches. Uh, you know, back to back recording sessions. Sessions. She can't talk, she never can. So, don't worry. <laughs> if you listen to Quarter Combos, you already know. You already know. <laughs> you already know. <laughs> We're coming back at you after a, after a little pause. The last thing we did was the Seagal and the Snipes. And now we're here today with the one and only Sylvester Stallone. Yes. The Italian the stallion. The Italian stallion. Who had once made a porno. Supposedly. Supposedly, I think it is true. It is true. And I actually <laughs> used to know the name of it. What was it called? Shit, I'm going to have to Google it. It's called the Italian Stallion. No, no, no. I, have to I think it is. Hold on, there's got to be another name for that. You might be right, I don't know. <laughs> That's well, how I got the name, see. the Italian Stallion. <laughs> Let's see here. Sylvester Stallone. Which... Arguably, he's the best overall filmmaker out of ah, the action. The so. party at Kitty and Studs in 1970. <laughs> American softcore <laughs> pornographic romance film directed by Morton Lewis and starring Sylvester Stallone in his first starring and leading wow. role. Well, that is one. like the epitome of 70s. <laughs> it's not, I know. It's not it's real just porn. It's right softcore. <laughs> Worked two days and was paid $200. He did not. Yes. Oh, that's horrible. What did critics say about Stallone's uh, first comic book movie? Hmm. It was dreadful. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. That's pretty good. All right, all right, all right. That's pretty good. But anyway. Stop so, it. So, so we're going we're gonna to move, move on and start digging into this list because the ladies also you broke have to do those rich their <laughs> corner combos episode today too so anyway it's thank an you all for one. tuning in and we're going to start off with some honorable mentions for the stallonester you want to start us off those rich sure let's see honorable mentions which one do i want to do first i have two and i'm going to start with a movie everybody says is terrible and is on almost every podcast of like, how did this give me hey, this is a terrible movie? And they're all wrong. It's fantastic. Over the top. Over the top is a uh, story of a dad hooking up with his son he hasn't seen since his wife died to go to an arm wrestling competition. Um, the point, so it is, it's great. I, you know, the point of a movie is not to make sense on paper, it's to make sense in the movie. And Over the Top's one of those films that people like read about it on Wikipedia and they mock it because when you're, it's easy to make fun. <laughs> when you're actually watching it, everything makes sense and it's a really enjoyable, fun Dose, film. Dose Rich is frequently seen around the sweaty, uh, the underground arm wrestling yeah. circuit. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. big in the underground arm wrestling <laughs> yeah. circuit. Um, you know, it's just me and... A bunch of fives I toss at these guys. No, That's right. Not. He's like, come on. <laughs> come on. 
But no, I uh, no, it's a great. It's it's you know it's 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 a typical Sylvester Stallone movie, which is it's uh, a really good blue collar uh, semi touching movie. It is quite over the top. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. It's not the best thing I see, but. It was it was entertaining. It has a spot on the honorable mentions, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is a great movie for you to watch the kids. It's uh, I don't know. It, it's just a great movie. It's just it's whole. Uh, it's it's got a it's got a feel to it. I guarantee you, anyone who watches with their kids, your kids are gonna love it and want to watch it over and over and over. And I mean, that this is what this movie is. It's a movie that he made to increase his popularity with children and uh, their parents, and it works. And it's a great movie uh, for families, and it's a, little kids love it. I mean, it's uh, it's about arm wrestling. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess, uh, don't expect Oscar, you know, you know, worthy performances and, and things like that. It is an arm wrestling movie. Um, if yeah. the sight of uh, Sylvester's bulbous bicep constantly in the frame is your thing. You're gonna love this oh. one. <laughs> you know, you, uh, you turn your hat around like that. Oh yeah, dude! As soon as you turn your hat backwards, you can do anything. Yeah, you're a machine. I've noticed. Video games, arm wrestling. That's how you beat Spyro for me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you turn dude, that hat, there's the kind of blue collar philosophical depth you mm-hmm. get in every written by. You know, Matter of fact, movie. there's another movie. On this list, that's actually in the list where he turns his hat backwards to scale a mountain. Dude, anytime you turn your hat backwards, you, you become are, a machine. You, you become a monster, a machine, a man made of steel that cannot be conquered. I actually like how he delivers that line too. It's like I, it's like I become like a machine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. You didn't even say no, like a thing. Like a, a thing. Like a, yes, like yeah. a machine. All right, we got to bust through these honorable mentions because we got the main list to get through. Uh, second honorable mention, I'll say is Expendables 1 and 2. Really liked these movies. Um, thought it was a cool idea to get all the 80s actions, 80s, 90s, action stars in general together to make movies. I, I have 1 and 2 listed because I have a thing about the third one being PG-13. I don't know why I can't get over it, and uh, that's, that's my stance. So I'm going to only honorable mention myself Expendables 1 and 2. Um, once again, good idea, good violence, good action, good set of characters. I mean, you got the Bruce Willies in there. You got Sylvester, you got Arnold, you got Van Damme that makes an appearance in number two. You have uh, Rourke's in there. Mm-hmm. Which. For one. Yeah, for number one. Well, it doesn't he make a little appearance in two? I can't remember. He, he's Sylvester's tattoo guy in, in, in one, yeah. He's out by two. He's out by two, yeah, yeah. I think your work has problems getting along with people. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's a... <laughs> yeah. He, and it's kind of hard to believe, but he used to be considered a heartthrob back in the early you know, the early days before he was mutilated beyond belief. Well, you know, you, you box, you do mm-hmm. a lot of drugs, you get cheap yes. plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. Very add cheap. They, yeah. they add up. And a lot of cheap. And now he's the thing of nightmares for many young children. <laughs> so anyway... He's gonna be what our, the boogeyman is to our kid. Yeah. But anyway, you're, these this is mindless fun. It, they're good action movies. Uh, they're not they're not like deep philosophical, you know, 
Academy, Academy Award winning films, but they are fun. Action, packed, fun, with a lot of throwback characters you have you either haven't seen in a long time or wish you had or whatever. I mean, it's good stuff. I like The Expendables uh, 1 and 2. Still refuse to see 3, even though, I think, right. even though I think the Norris is in 3, isn't it? Some people would call this blasphemy that I haven't seen the Norris. Yeah, but Norris yeah. is in 3. But uh, you know who does a shockingly pretty good job in 3 is Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. You know, for a guy who's known for playing uh, Cream Puff, he does a pretty good action star type thing. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, he does. He actually pulls off through pretty well. Kelsey Grammer. But, uh, when he's not falling off stages and stuff. Yeah, that shit would hurt. Yeah, you know it did. <laughs> you know it did. Oh my god! <laughs> you know it hurt. It hurt bad. Yeah, sorry, Kelsey. But you know, actually, Kelsey Grammer. You know, when you watch uh, uh, Expendables three, is completely believable to hold up with those guys. He's actually a really, really pretty, powerfully built guy. You don't really think oh, he's about not it. small. Yeah, you don't think about yeah. it until he's in an action movie, and then you're like, you know what? You could have, you could have done some action films had you been bigger in the uh, mm-hmm. time period. But all right, so all right, moving on to my last honorable mention, just because I have this thing about Sylvester Stallone movies. All of them are pretty equal, in my opinion. The ones that are good, uh, Sylvester Stallone either does a, a, a pretty good movie or a god awful piece of trash, and there's no <laughs> in between. Uh, so I my, see oh. you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Stop or my mom will shoot. Oh, dude, that was a that was amazing. You know, honestly, all, he's got great comedic timing, but all of his comedies are, are pretty bad. You know, I uh, I invested all my finances in Spencer Stone comedies. Did you? Yeah. Now my. Uh, Which is why you live under the bridge in yeah. downtown. Yeah, yeah, my portfolio's a little <laughs> rocky. It's yeah. a little rocky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, 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 Richard. Snuck oh, in the movie joke. That was rich. That was rich. Oh. Anyway. I was oh. just telling them that I live for these jokes that they do every oh. episode. I know. So if you're just now tuning in, you're missing out. So keep listening. So those followers I told you we had have now dwindled down. They're still here. They love it, too. They love it, too. Keep them coming. All right, speaking of Rocky. (laughs) Oh, hold on. I didn't even do my honorable name. Yeah, Yeah, that was it. (laughs) That's all you get. You're cut off. You've maxed out the volume on the recording device here. That's it. (laughs) All right. My honorable mention actually goes to his very first action movie. It wasn't his first movie, but his first real action movie. Nighthawks. Nighthawks is a. I I mean, it's this is what I have to say. There is two types of action films. There's action films before special effects went crazy, and there's after. And the Nighthawks is one of those cool ones from before where, you know, people aren't really. I don't know. People don't have a real understanding of what the human body can do anymore because of the way action films have taught us that people can do all these crazy things. Nighthawks being one of the first true action films, if you can, like, really want... You know, if you want to see a movie that if it was happening in reality, all could actually happen and is actually terrifying at times and interesting because you're looking at what could actually happen, uh, Nighthawks is great. Nighthawks is about a cop... Uh, on the beat who got out of Vietnam and gets hired against his will with his partner 
to hunt down a terrorist in New York, played by Rutger Hauer, who's amazing in it, who just got uh, plastic surgery, so the agency can't figure out who he is. And this movie's got everything. You got cross-dressing uh, Sylvester Stallone multiple times. You got <laughs> Rutger Hauer going through multiple faces. You got brutal violence. Like I said, it's realistic. Like, you know, for a lot of people, they're gonna watch it, but but no, when a guy gets cut with a straight razor in the face, he doesn't get back up. You know, when someone has to carry a baby. 300 feet down on a zip tie, I mean, not a zip line, but a zip line, it's terrifying. You're like, what's going to happen? It would have been more impressive than so, a zip tie. Yeah, a zip tie would have been much yeah, more impressive. Yeah. I don't, it could have held his weight back then, too. He was a tiny man yeah, back bro. then. He, you know, he hadn't started working out yet. But Realistic violence. Yeah, yeah Nighthawks, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. great it's got a great theme. Uh, it's got an interesting story. Um, it's well acted. It's got 70s cheese cool. Great soundtrack because they're going in all the out of these uh, disco clubs. It's a great film. Yeah, I think, and it's got the. I showed it to my wife, and as she put it, she's like, "What the hell kind of ending was that?" And I was like, "That's a '70s ending. I don't want to ruin it, but guaranteed, you don't get endings like that anymore." Well, and so, then he showed her Over the Top, and now he watches Sylvester movies alone. Uh, no, I showed her Over <laughs> the Top. That's why I've been married for fifty. Yeah, <laughs> that's what kept yep, together. Exactly. She's like, I was thinking, I was thinking it wasn't going to work, and then I saw Over the Top. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so she realized all you gotta do is you gotta turn around your hat. That's it. <laughs> was that the was that what you did on the honeymoon? <laughs> You're like, hey, hang on a second. Let me turn it? this so, hat around. Yeah. All the guys out there, man, you just gotta turn the hat around. You become a machine. You don't even need that blue pill. Oh man, a Reno man found in a hotel today with nothing but a backwards hat on. <laughs> Died of dehydration. Died of dehydration. <laughs> Wife called him a machine. <laughs> right, up, right up until the end. I, I don't care what anyone says. Over the top. Great film. Kiss my ass. All right, let's move on. All right. Uh, so, speaking of Rocky, good joke, good movie. Rocky won. Because it's won. not actually in our top five, which is kind of surprising. But I, once again, this is all subjective. This is all... Uh, based on what we like and prefer and watched and, and grew up with and whatever else it may be, whatever reason it may be. And we'll get there in just yes. T-minus uh, 30 minutes. So, you know, Rocky won. Great movie, great drama. It was what started the whole series. Yes, And actually led to us even having some of the others on our list. Then, you know, really good, well-made movie that sometimes gets crap it doesn't deserve from certain people. It's usually younger people, and I haven't seen it. And they were watching Creed. Yeah, I mean, it's like go back to the go back to the original and see where it all started. You know, Rocky won an Oscar for a reason. Mm -hmm. It's a cultural icon for a reason. It's a fantastic film, and you know, that we'll get to why it's not on the list in a bit. But I will say, um, this is one of those movies. Even if you don't like action films, even if you don't like the action stars, and you're just listening to this because you came with us from horror, you'll like this movie. You know, Sylvester Stallone is the most talented entertainer out of all of the action stars we'll talk about. You know, he writes, he directs, he does all these different things, which is why he's now bigger than Arnold and now all the young people remember him as the action star. That wasn't the way when we were kids. He was like, not even 1B. He was, he wasn't in the picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger, but you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger doesn't write, he doesn't direct, he doesn't do all these things. And this uh, movie will show you that uh, Sylvester Stallone is a great writer and he is a good director. And this uh, a damn well done movie uh, on the writing aspect. He didn't direct this one, but uh, 
you know, he directs a lot of the movies we talked about, like The Expendables we just talked about. But uh, yeah, he, Rocky, he completely yeah. wrote it. Yeah. There's no other person helping him. He didn't come up with a little story and then mm-hmm. a writer fleshed out. He wrote every line, everything, and it's an Oscar-winning movie. No, it's, reason, it's, so. it's true. Sylvester Stallone does produce, write, direct. Schwarzenegger, the only thing he directs uh, right now, currently, are his maids. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> so, so anyway, sorry, Arnold, you really are on the top of my list. You know, he actually did direct two movies. He directed the Tales from the Crypt episode. It's pretty good, actually. I like that one. That's the one with the little old lady mm-hmm. who uh, body switches, and uh, a TV movie I've never seen, so I ain't gonna go there. But uh, uh, you will know which Tales from the Crypt Arnold directs, by the way, because he comes out in spandex and shows off his body, then talks about how he directed it. In typical Arnold fashion. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> you know, I mean, and there is other guys on the list. You know, Jean-Claude directs uh, and writes, but he does not direct and write at the level Sylvester Stallone does. I think Chuck Norris has actually dabbled in it also, not on the level. I mean, Sylvester Stallone has won Oscars for it. That's all I'm going to say. But let's move on to the next honorable mention. My list. All right, no, no more honorable mentions. We're you know, on. I thought you were going to mention that. No, 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 we're going to move on. Just because it's been... I can't even remember Jason Momoa's character in there. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to honorable mention. You wanted to honor much with Bullet to the Head. Bullet to the Head, but yeah, check it out. I We did see it. I just, it's been so long now, I'm not even recognizing one of the characters. I'm not going to sit and talk about something that, that I needed to rewatch. We'll move on to that. But Bullet to the Head, from what I do remember of it, was pretty good. All right, well, you want to... You want to start with your top five? Yeah. I won the Rochambeau. You want the Rochambeau? Let's do it. All right. One, two, three. All right, surprise. It's Dose Rich. Now nah, you go ahead and go this time. I just wanted to prove I'm better at that. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> Best out of a thousand. I can see the hurt in your eyes. (laughs) All right, you guys. I'm going to start with my number five. Some people might give me crap about this, but I don't care. Because this is one of of the top Sylvester's dude had. It's Cliffhanger. Let's just get that out of the way, all right? It's been bragged on. It's been made fun of. It's got a ridiculous opening, but it's a good movie ridiculously awesome yeah it was ridiculously awesome by the way that opening has been copied in multiple movies that have gotten critical acclaim Mm -hmm. so you know i think it's just a matter of oh god it's probably that whole thing going on and it's just like listen it opens crazy it ends crazy i love the movie it's got john lithgow as a villain that's so over the top oh 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 and the bell tolls. The saga of the rich phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have this cheap phone. I turn off every bit of sound, and yet it keeps coming. You'll learn it, this. It is this on a, every episode every that we ever <laughs> don't, don't go cheap on phones. I, had, yeah, I spent yeah. 150 bucks on this phone. Yeah, it happens every episode. So right. it's kind of like the calling. Yeah. It, it's his calling. Call. Yeah, there we go. But anyway, Cliffhanger, awesome movie, awesome cast, crazy visuals, uh, good scenery, hella violent. And uh, once again, need I say more, uh, John Lithgow as a villain. And it's, it's a heist movie uh, where a uh, government surplus of money is ripped off by government employees, well, one at least, and a pack of mercenaries um, over, I can't remember, were they in the Sierras? Where are they? They are in the Rockies. The Rockies, yeah. Um, 
plane goes down that they're trying to escape on, uh, money goes all over the place, different briefcases with tracking devices. This is the basic premise. They're out trying to find their money after they, you know, basically hijacked another plane, killed a bunch of people. They're going to try to get their money back. Sylvester Stallone uh, is returning after the death of a loved one in the beginning of the film uh, to his hometown where he used to be a search and rescue climber uh, and enthusiast in, in this park. Uh, he eventually, we won't get too far into it, so we're not uh, you know, spoiling the movie, but he ends up getting roped into going out after these people. Uh, I don't think that's supposed to be very good. Yeah, I just don't want to get too crazy. No, they it. just, they, yeah. he's retired, mm -hmm. uh, but they ask him to back up his he friend. Didn't even, he, he, it's not even like it was like a, it's not even like a true retirement. He left due to tra a traumatic event that you'd see in the beginning of the film. Yeah. But he comes back. He's one of their better climbers, even though he has been gone for a while. They say, hey, can you go up with the other guy, his, his old friend? Yeah. And there, of course, there's a rivalry going on there and a, kind of a, you know, some, some uh, bad blood there because of the way he left and what happened. Uh, the tragic events that happened in the beginning. So he goes out after this, ends up finding, running into these criminals, and all chaos ensues. It's definitely interesting. And I've learned something from Sylvester and Cliffhanger. When you're freezing cold in the Rockies, wet, snowed on, and almost dead from hypothermia, all you need to do is break in to a climber shack and put on a, a short sleep sweatshirt. <laughs> and you'll be warm for the entire rest of the <laughs> <laughs> All right. I am going to respond to that when I get to Cliffhanger. Because Cliffhanger might be slightly higher on my list. But um, I agree with everything said. Because I like this movie. Except for that. Dude, it's true. He it, breaks in there. And I, it's like a... He gets... A, it's, it's just a little thicker than I, Christina's well, shirt on I, there. I am actually <laughs> going to respond to all the... I decided because... I didn't decide before. I decided just now. When we get to where I talk about Cliffhanger, I'm going to respond to all the negative criticism of Cliffhanger. This is... But what negative criticism? That was it. There's there, no way that... There, that there little, is more. There, and, there's no way that that little tiny sweatshirt that he put on would have kept him alive through the night in the Rocky Mountains. Sorry. I will respond to this. But, that being <laughs> said, dude, he, got, he dunks himself in ice-cold frozen lake water. He just shakes it off. He dries in a cave. I'll respond to this. But, but anyway... Great movie. It's one of my favorites. That's why it's on my top five. I love Cliffhanger, and I can come back and watch it many times, even though it does get ragged on sometimes. Like, oh, you like Cliffhanger? It's like, yeah. It's got, it's got all kinds of action going on in there, all kinds of violence, mm -hmm. cool scene, rock climbing scenes that are really cool. And the scenery, I mean, like I said, the scenery is something else. Like a lot of that, you know, this was not back in the day of pure CGI, so a lot of that was home location. Almost 90%. Yeah, so that was really cool, some of those shots they got. Real helicopter shots, real climbing shots. Yeah, they don't make movies like this. Yeah, anymore. so I really enjoyed that, no matter what anybody says. We have a certain friend that will totally rag on us for liking this. I won't name names, but I don't care, because it was a good movie. Oh, yeah, it's fucking... Well, I will respond to all criticism of the thing <laughs> later. But, great film, great film, mm -hmm. uh... Are you done? I am done. So. All right, so we move on to another horribly criticized, mm -hmm. misunderstood Sylvester Stallone movie. My number five, Judge Dredd. 
Armand DeSante. With Armand DeSante. All right. Yes. I don't care what any of you say out there. Judge Dredd is fantastic. You are the law. Uh, this, yeah, no, <laughs> all right. Look, I get the criticism. And this is my this is my defense of why Judge Dredd is amazing even to this day. Sometimes something is great because when it came out, it was the very best at something. And if you weren't there for it, you don't get it. And everyone basically fucking hyper-focused on the fact he took off his helmet because the comic book character didn't and somehow forgot sight of that was the best-looking movie ever made when it came out. That movie still looks fantastic. That movie, special for, effects... I vote were, for Suburban Commando. <laughs> Suburban <laughs> What are you going to do? you going to beat me up? you going to break my face? No, it's the 90s, bro. We're going to sue you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, that was <laughs> we know Suburban Commando. I love that movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. Getting back to it. But no, it was the best looking movie when it came out. It still to this day looks amazing. It still holds up against... You can watch Judge Dredd side by side with sci-fi movies on Netflix and it looks better. I mean, it... The robot still looks fantastic. The scenery still look great. The outlands look great. The film actually is a kind of very pretty, you know, underrated story. The story is actually really good. Much better of an adaptation of that universe than Carl Urban's story. Carl Urban's got the feel, and everyone's all about that dread because of the feel, and I get that. But the actual storyline with the mutants and the city and covering everything, they did a really good job. And you can't have a, you know, giant, big-budget $200 million, you know, production, what it would be today if you adjusted for inflation, with a main character that never takes off his fucking helmet. So the fact that all the comic book fans freaked out about it, it's like, you're never going to get what you want. You're going to get a small little Carl Urban movie like you got, or you'll get Judge Dredd so that the guy can talk. The violence in Dredd, though, was amazing. Yeah, and then... Carl. That is uh, one thing I do want to say. If you ever... Can, whoever's out there, if you're listening and you're at the studio that owns the rights to Judge release the NC-17 cut. So Judge Dredd originally got released to the critics. Critics gave it NC-17. Then it got a rated R cut. The rated R cut came back still really hard, close to NC-17. So they decided to try and do a PG-13 cut. The cut you actually watch was their attempt of a PG-13 cut of that film. I'd love to see that NC-17 cut. And uh, Jake, if you're listening to this one, uh, I remember you expressing how much you loved uh, the Cure's Dread song. So anyway, yeah, did he actually like the song? Or no. no. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he, I had the soundtrack for Judge Dread way back in the day when I still lived uh, down in California, and I remember uh, my friend Jake looked at that and he goes, "The Dread song? It's like it's terrible." <laughs> So anyway, well, just giving you a shout out there, Jake. If you're listening, <laughs> I know how much you enjoyed that one. So I Judge, know Judge Red was pretty cool back in the day. I can't deny this fact. Okay, it did not make my first, you know, choices for my five. But when I was younger, I did watch Judge Red. I did own it on VHS, and I did like it. As I've gotten older, I have seen things I like more from Sylvester Stallone. But we're looking back at the classics, and, th- and there's nothing wrong with. Even though people do pan this movie, there's nothing wrong with him choosing that as one of his top five because this is subjective. You know, I, you know, one of mine, Demolition Man, which we'll be getting to here soon. A lot of people hated that too. I love that movie. I mean, it's just about what we liked, what we, uh, 
had fun with when we were younger, what we actually thought were good movies. Like, some of this stuff, I don't know, you know, if I'd watch it over and over again now, but it was still a part of my life when I grew up, you know? So, just like Darnold. We got our own ideas, our own thoughts. Judge Dredd, there's nothing wrong with that. Could have maybe picked a different guy than Amon DeSante. I don't think he fit. <laughs> that was just my opinion now that I'm older. Didn't care when I was younger. But I actually liked him on the I, I like him as an actor. I just didn't like him in that movie. I liked his villain. I liked him. He was, he was over the top. He was comic booky. Uh, I, don't I mean, know. once again, you know, people don't want to give this movie a hard time. Uh, as much as you want to say how adult it is, 2008 is a comic book. And then you get mad that the villains act like the characters in the comic book. It's a fucking comic book. I, I actually think the best, um, the best actor in the film, the, the best performance given, was Rob Schneider as the servo droid in the beginning of the film. Hey, you know what? <laughs> All I gotta say is this: I know that's another reason everyone hates this. I actually found Rob Schneider. I, I love Rob Schneider. It's funny as hell. It was specifically the servo droid. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. Oscar-winning performance from Rob Schneider. I hope you're doing well, by the way, if you if you ever listen. But uh, yeah, if anyone's going to listen to this podcast, <laughs> it's so it's Rob Schneider. I know. So that's just fun, but who the hell is you know? <laughs> But, but it's true. He would be the only one. Of oh man! Poor Rob Hi, I'm Servo Droid. But, but anyway, well, I think you got all that experience with the copies. Because make copies. And there are actually, funny enough, is some similarities between Dredge Dread and Demolition Man. There's some some stylized shootouts that I think borrow from each other there. Uh, so they're not too far off from each other. Both sci-fi futuristic movies. I don't know. But. All right, let's move on to my number four, which is actually, once again, it is not the best of these movies. I can say that personally. Some people might think it is. But for me, the most, this is Rocky IV, by the way. I'll just get that out of the way. This, for me, was my most watched Rocky. I watched this movie all the time when I was a kid, uh, when I had the chance to. Um, Rocky IV, the old Dolphster, no mm -hmm. Lundgren. And Bridget Nielsen. And Bridget Nielsen. Stallone's wife. real uh, mountain of a woman, I'll well, tell you. She was Stallone's wife and yeah. Arnold's lover. Exactly. And she hooked up with Flav of Flav. You guys know who that is. Doesn't really fit, but... <laughs> <laughs> Flav of Flav. Flav of Flav. The Flav of Flav, yeah. But anyway. Think he uh, makes those clocks himself. No. <laughs> I do. I don't think so. No, the one that he made himself, he used... Uh, like Elmer's glue. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't let him wear it in public. But anyway, he uh, he does a really good job in that. That's the, of course, the infamous of Hollow Death mm -hmm. uh, movie. It's got Lundgren, the ultimate villain. I mean, some people would say Mr. T, but I don't know. There's something about Lundgren's freaking character, menacing. It was like his biggest and baddest opponent that he had to go up against. Uh, the, the entire training scene is classic. That is parodied in a lot of things, even Family Guy. A lot mm -hmm. of different things borrow from that. That that was famous. The, the dual training, like cut by, you know, side by side uh, montage in that film of Sylvester out in the woods training with, in real world with Lundgren being like, I don't know, conditioned by some kind of scientific <laughs> Russian lab. And, I don't know. It was just one of those ones that I watched a lot. 
and it made my list because I still like it and I'd watch it now. Uh, it's a great movie. It is a good movie. And, and there's not, once again, it's it's not, uh, I don't even have a whole lot to say about it just because it, it's a Rocky movie. And if you know Rocky, it's it's all leading up to the big fight. It's all leading up to the end of the movie. This one just happened to have a lot of cool, memorable scenes. With the, like I said, with the training, uh, Apollo's death. Sorry if you haven't seen it, that is kind of a spoiler. If you're now just making your way through all the Rockies. Um, I don't know. I just thought it was one of the better entries in the series. I think it was better than the Mr. T movie. Some people might get mad at Rocky that. Three. But this is just me. It's subjective. So this is kind of where I'm at with it. It made my list as one of my most watched Rocky movies. It's I've watched this more than any of the other Rocky films. So that's why I put it here. But ultimately, Rocky is Rocky. It all comes down to the same thing in every film, that last fight. And there is family drama in there. It is, you know more to there's a little more depth to it than that but that's ultimately what it leads up to and i think this one did it best for me i loved it uh, back when i was younger still like it to this day so that's why it's here great movie yeah so let's move on to dose rich and his number four what you got for us cliffhanger cliffhanger there it is. <laughs> <laughs> the right. rebuttal no i'm not rebutting i'm just gonna say this is one of the biggest reasons this movie takes a lot of shit and even if you go to IMDB people fill up the trivia with all of these facts that are in air they're not in air they are completely and totally explainable alright first fact that everyone says when he is underwater and he shoots the dude with a Patan gun everyone's like couldn't happen the Patan needs to blah blah if you notice the man puts the baton gun against the ice wall. It's still a fucking wall. So a baton would fire into that wall, shoot through the ice. <laughs> Completely works. That's how it would fucking work. It's not an air because you don't understand how a fucking baton gun works. <laughs> can I cut you off real quick there? If I can contribute something? Yeah. I think it's funny how people watch these action flicks and are expecting realism. Why? I agree. But that, that was just a thought. No, no, I, I agree. I agree. But I also just bring up when something's criticized for being so unrealistic because it was. Yeah, it's. So, but this movie was actually trying to be realistic. Yeah, yeah. So there's a valid complaint. Hollywood, come on. All right. Number, yeah. number two, the wool sweater. The wool sweater would fucking work. No, it was a climbing no, sweater. No, it was a climbing no, sweater. No, it was in the shop. It was a wool sweater no. designed for no. mountain climbers before we had Gore-Tex no. and synthetic fibers. It would work. No, man. Number it three. Like, it was all like hanging off of it. It wasn't even sealed tightly. But as Christina said, this was this was me joking about this because you can't really expect realism. Realism doesn't really exist. I know, but it film. would actually work. This movie is actually more realistic than people give it credit for. Hence why I'm rebutting the criticism. Number three. <laughs> the big one. The plane scene. Everyone says it couldn't be done. The fucking stunt was done live. The entire stunt. There's no CG there. That's not a stunt. So how could they literally be saying it was so fucking unrealistic... When they did the fucking stunt live. 
Like, I mean, it's literally like on IMDb. Oh, you can't do it because of this, this, and turtles. They did the fucking stunt. That's how they filmed it. <laughs> it's illogical. This is like the definition of passion right here. Like, his passion voice. Passion for cliffhanger. <laughs> anyway. Cliffhanger's fantastic. He's dark red. Yeah. I know. Yeah, he's dark red, and there is a chance that you guys will listen to a live cardiac arrest. Oh, yes. On movie riches, you've angered him. You <laughs> <laughs> won't like them. Those are the angry. those are the big three complaints that I always hear, and I'm just saying all three. But yes, the sweater, the wool sweater was bullshit. The wool sweater was not bullshit. It's not even that cold. The kids, the riches are gonna have a fight to the death about the wool fight sweater. To the death. So anyway. Is that all you had for Cliffhanger? Do you have any more you want to talk about? We've already kind of covered a few different No, it's things. a great movie. It is incredibly well shot. And the baton thing is brilliant. That's how baton do it. That's why he literally puts it against the ice. There's an entire editing to show you. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm going to leave that pause in because that's funny. I'm exhausted now. So, so anyway... Let me move on to my number three, Tango and Cash. Now this, I had to, I had to kind of like mule this over a little bit because this is ultimately, in my opinion, uh, a 50-50 split between Sylvester Stallone and Kurt Russell. And I believe, you know, I, I do feel like Kurt Russell stole the show in this movie, but it still was uh, Stallone. a Stallone film that I really enjoy. It's funny, it's got a lot of action, it's cool, it's got young Terry Hatcher, you can't go wrong there. Uh, it, uh, it was uh, definitely a good movie, it's one of my favorites that I will revisit from time to time. I loved this as a kid, and I like it, I still love it now. Um, really funny, uh, buddy cop movie. It, it's like a different take on Lethal Weapon almost, in a, in a different, you know, much different way, but, but the, the, the whole chemistry between the two cops, uh, and how they start to become friends. They do not like each other at first, and ultimately, you know how buddy cop movies work. They ultimately love each other towards the end. And a, uh, and a movie that has plenty of comedy, plenty of action, and uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I heard a little bit of trivia that uh, that was more of like, Sylvester Stallone's portrayal of this character was actually more like he actually was in real life at that time period, which I did not know. Apparently that fits his personality more than some of his other films, which I thought was interesting. But uh, yeah, can't go wrong with Tango and Cash. It makes know. sense he would have that executive cool thing mm -hmm. going on. I actually really enjoy Tango and Cash. This is a guilty pleasure of mine. I watch this movie a lot. It's really enjoyable. Um, another piece of trivia, the entire end of the movie is shot by a different director than the rest of the movie. Now that you know that, you'll notice it. But I'm not going to go into the whys of that. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's interesting because it's um, it's formulaic and at the same time really not. And it's, it's kind of yeah, unexpected. Yeah, it is kind of. And there's a, a very interesting piece of trivia. Uh, another piece of trivia about this one: nobody survived blistering cold in a thin wool sweater. <laughs> so anyway, I really first off, it's not that fucking cold in the Rockies. It's not the Sierra Nevadas. It's not the fucking Alps. It's it, not the Himalayas. It's the fucking Rockies. It was covered in snow and icicles. It was blistering. That's not how snow works. Snow, <laughs> snow accumulates. You know what? Fuck it. Blistering cold. It literally was a rock climbing sweater. 
Movie Riches goes Mythbusters. People, people survived in the fucking mountains before Gore-Tex. Oh, no. No. But anyway, <laughs> but anyway great movie. Uh, really did enjoy it. You cannot go wrong with this. Uh, it's, it is really what it is. They get framed. They end up going to prison together. They break out. They do all kinds. It's, it's, oh, yeah. it's got a whole bunch of different things. Buddy Cop, prison escape movie. All kinds of different things. Revenge going on. film. Revenge. Love. A little bit. A little bit of romance. Oh, yeah, no. Terry Hatcher yeah. and, uh, you know, I do like the love storyline in this movie um, because Sylvester Stallone is the main character and it doesn't happen to him. Yeah. And then, so it adds yeah. a comedic element. Yeah, it's, it's Kurt Russell. I'm telling you, he does kind of steal the show in this movie, but I think the way that Sylvester plays the straight-laced almost, mm-hmm. like if you were going to compare them to like Lethal Weapon where like Danny Glover was more of the straight-laced... Yeah, he's met. He's Mel uh, Gibson's a little more of the loose yeah. cannon. I think that's kind of the, the, the uh, chemistry here. Sylvester's playing more of the straight laced serious, you know, almost executive acting type, and Kurt Russell's the loose, uh, less less anything goes. Uh, we gotta do what we gotta do, kind of cop. And I really did enjoy this film, and I think you will too. I don't think you can go wrong with Tango and Cash, but for the sake of Trying to move through this thing. That's that's it for me. We'll go ahead and move on to Rich. Dose Rich's uh, number, number three. three. All right, so switching gears uh, for me is... This isn't really an action movie, and I personally think it's his very best movie. Number three for me is Copland. Yes. So Copland is a period piece uh, film, but the period piece is not, you know, like 17, 1800s. It's like 1990s, 1980s. They're never quite clear on an examination of the relationship uh, of uh, New York cops to um, the city of New York. It's a, it's a, it literally is about, it's it's very almost noir-esque in its, in its plot line in that it's about a suburb of New York that is completely owned and operated by police officers. It opens up with narration, ends with narration, and is literally, it's a drama. Yeah. There is some brutal action in this film. There's a particular character who gets killed in this that I think has probably the best death face I've ever seen. Uh, I don't want to ruin it, but you know what I'm talking about yeah, with the garage scene. But uh, basically, this movie is about... And I actually, I understand that... Uh, you know, Richard Donner said in Assassins that that was his best work, apparently Wrangler. This is my opinion, his best work. He plays um, he plays just a totally different against type character. Uh, I actually think, and you know, a lot of people might be offended by this now, but he, he basically plays a guy as a functional retard. Like, that's what it is. Like, when you're functional, but not quite, at like a 75 IQ, that's the kind of character he plays. He plays somebody who basically is innocent, almost boyish, and everyone treats him that way. And when he finally makes his decision about what's going on, there's no changes in his mind, and the shit hits the fan. And uh, I think it works fantastic. Uh, I think his playing a character almost like he's, you know, he can fit in in society, but he's also very simple, really works incredibly well. Um, it's, it's, it's a f- killer, killer 
Uh, it's only because of that bit. Good but, cast. Yeah, no, it's Keitel like, it's got uh, Robert De Niro, Harvey mm-hmm. Keitel, mm-hmm. Ray Liotta, yeah, uh, Michael Rappaport. It's got the full gangster cast. In oh, yeah. Liotta, De Niro, I mean, Harvey. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, you know, the, the relationship between Harvey Keitel and everything, because of his, his uh, the way he plays the character is really pretty powerful when he decides to stand up to them all. And I think this movie would have been an Oscar-winning movie had anyone but Sylvester Stallone played it because I think the only thing that kept this movie from being raised that the tra- you don't actually expect the transition at the end unless it's Sylvester Stallone he plays it so well that if it was anyone else you wouldn't have expected him to do what he did yeah. but uh, great film really cool really uh, uh, top end movie I mean honestly like I think this was the last great movie he's mm-hmm. done everything since has been fun but this was like a great movie so Yep. Copland, super good. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, a lot of people don't. I mean, a lot of people don't uh, know about Copland. You know, newer generations and stuff. Yeah, and I, I think, did, I, and I actually really enjoyed it. I really did like Copland. You know, if if it were to come out today, it would have been like Dwayne Johnson. It would have been like The Rock or somebody mm-hmm. doing this role, guaranteed, and everybody would know it and it'd be some kind of masterpiece. But honestly, I think Sylvester Stallone. Did a fantastic job with this. Acting was good. I do agree with Dolph Rich that if it had been anybody else but him, uh, it probably would have garnered a whole bunch more attention. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because Stallone at that point in time was still typecast as Stallone. You know, oh, he's nothing but you know the the you know mumbling action star that he's been and all this other stuff. And you know that's not true. You know his acting chops are a lot. A lot better than some people think, and you can see that more and more in his newer films that actually have any kind of uh, exposure to mainstream media. He's still got some stuff coming out below the radar. He apparently just had one release on Prime. Um, but yeah, good stuff. I agree with Copland. Uh, that actually almost made my list, but we were trying not to run into each other too much, and I knew that you had already picked that from the last time we spoke. So, But anyway, let's move on. I'm going to move on to my number two, Demolition Man. Now, I gain a lot of pleasure from this movie. I love this movie. Matter of fact, we were just talking about the Snipe Man the last episode. I was just one of, I've seen Cliffhanger. I've seen Demolition uh-huh. Man. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Snipe. Yeah. I knew it. I knew one. Yes. Future, you know, so here it is. Cop chasing a villain that he's after. It's like this eternal battle between villain and police officer. And uh, in the beginning of the movie, some things happen. Sylvester Stallone is charged uh, as a criminal and is ultimately cryo-frozen in a new style of prison where you are cryogenically frozen until your release date, if there is one, and uh, awakens in the future to an entirely different world than what he was used to. Uh, Everything was basically taken under control by a single-minded person that wanted one thing, peace and tranquility, kind of a dictatorship in its own way. It is, actually. Very. Uh, We're talking like a weird future. Nobody can drive their own cars. Everything's automated. You can't swear anywhere. You're cited by many, many different public ticketing stations. Uh, I was just going to say, isn't this the one where he says, like, Shit, and it goes, like you that. have been cited yeah. for one, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> no physical contact. No physical contact. Sex is performed oh, yeah. just with virtual reality helmets that, that stimulate your nerves to, to think you are uh, 
gas-powered vehicles are in museums, firearms are in museums. Uh, definitely, you know, it's kind of uh, the only restaurant is Taco Bell, and it's now like this fancy, you know, like tiny portion to like, you, you know, how when you go to a super rich restaurant, you get the little artsy fartsy food and all that. It's pretty much what Taco Bell's in The one bite of chicken. It's the one that survived the franchise war, according to the movie. Which, by the way, it's inferred the franchise war was an actual war. Which yeah. I kind yeah. Of and you know what's sad is that I could actually see. A lot of it. A lot of what happened in this movie. And even Taco Bell winning a franchise award and becoming the exclusive restaurant is still more believable than that wool sweater. <laughs> <laughs> you can see Joe's Bridge's face right now. No, no, but, but he gave you the snarkiest look I've ever seen in so, <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> so anyway. You can't prove what people just don't know. <laughs> So, the villain that he was chasing uh, in the past that got him into the scenario he was in and now awakening in the future had been released. And the reason that why they even released Stallone's character was because they knew that at one point he was doing battle with, with Snipes, who was, he was the villain of the movie. And he was the only one that could potentially take him down. So, they're using him... Uh, to stop a violent criminal that they have never dealt with, not in that uh, time period. You know, none of these guys knew anything of violence. The worst thing was somebody getting a ticket for swearing. You know, no firearms, no, I mean, everything's, you know, quote unquote perfect. And so when Simon Phoenix's character, the villain, uh, escapes or is set loose, I should say. Uh, they don't know how to handle them. They're not equipped to handle them. So, yes, they bring out what they call an archaic cop, a Neanderthal from an old time to try to combat the same type of person. And it's a really cool movie. Uh, sadly, jokes aside, some of what uh, is going on I could actually see happening in the future, sadly. Uh, this is another collaboration between Stallone and Rob Schneider. Uh, which which I actually do enjoy. Uh, inside Joker, he doesn't know how to use the seashells. Yeah, apparently there's no there's no toilet paper in the future, and you got to somehow figure out how to clean yourself with these seashells. It was great. Uh, Sandra Bullock's in there. Really enjoyed this movie. Um, Dennis Leary. I, I've never been the biggest fan of Dennis Leary. I never ever have. His rants can get to me sometimes. So. I don't know if I really liked his character in this movie. I think they could have picked somebody better because, of course, he puts his two cents in. It's Dennis Leary. Uh, I've seen some stuff with him that I really enjoyed, and I just didn't like his character in Demolition Man. But beyond that, the movie was great. I loved it. Still love it, like a couple of these on this list. Uh, I would watch Demolition Man today if it was on, like right now. So, that, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Really good action. Like I said, kind of a scary, believable plot, you know, of the future, anyway. Uh, the battle between Sylvester and Wesley Snipes, once more, you know, very over-the-top Stallone-style action and Snipes action, but very good. Uh, and uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, I mean, what, yeah. what they do... You know, Demolition Man is, like, almost the, I don't know, the definition of what Sylvester likes to do, which is take... Um, either really 
he likes to do one of two things. He likes to take super, super blue-collar storylines and try and elevate them, or he tries to take really heady concepts and make them blue-collar. Mm-hmm. And so Demolition Man is like Adolphus Huxley-esque future, and it's really great satire, but and very blue-collar. Yes, yeah, and very... I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, you so guys, it's when, you, when you watch this, it's... I could see some of this foofy crap taking place. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> the point of it. That's yeah. why the jokes actually land yeah. and they do work. So. And, uh, oh, it's a great movie, and uh, I actually really, really enjoy it a lot. I, I watched this a ton when I was a kid. And, you know, oddly enough, uh, I do believe he actually knits a wool sweater in this movie for Sandra Bullock. Because they implant him. Uh-huh. They implant him with the hobby. I just thought of that. Yeah, he actually he does knit. Yeah, that is but not I even a joke. I do think he makes sure a wool sweater. I don't know if it's wool, but I will he say this much. He makes I will yeah. say this much. The cliffhanger sweater has taken a lot of shit. That is the mountain climbing sweater. Uh, I'm gonna get a mountain climbing almanac for the next one, and every few minutes I am gonna open up to pictures of climbers from the 20s and make Richard apologize on air. Well. And then, I, in turn, I'll find the pictures of those guys after they found them dead <laughs> from weather exposure. But anyway, but anyway. they just made people tougher in the twenties. But that is what they find. There's a fucking museum. Right, you know what? Fuck it. <laughs> All right, you guys. So that was my number two. We're gonna move on to Dose Rich's number one. No, or number, number two. two I'm number sorry. Two. So, what's your number two, Dose Rich? Rocky 2. Rocky 2. So that is the reason I did not put Rocky 1 on my list is because Rocky 2 is the best Rocky in my opinion for a couple of reasons. Number one, it only came out like a year after Rocky and literally is almost the exact same film but is better in every way. And I think that makes it like the best sequel ever made. I don't think a sequel has ever come out that fast been that similar and actually did well, got more praise, more achievement, and I actually like the storyline better. I think, you know, I mean, so in Rocky, if you don't know the story by now, you know, I'm sorry, you're getting ruined. But basically, a down and out guy, it's an opportunity to fight the best in the world because someone drops out. Happens actually all the time, you know, in boxing. And occasionally someone does well. And so, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone liked that plot line. And instead of having him win, he did something unexpected and had him lose. Well, Rocky II is actually a really well-done representation of the fallout of that, which is now that the everyday man loves Rocky and basically thinks that he could beat Apollo, and Apollo being the biggest, baddest asshole on the planet, won't let him himself just walk away. He could just walk away. Everyone in his life wants him to walk away, but he wants to prove he's better than Rocky so everyone knows he's the baddest motherfucker on the planet, so then sets up another fight. And I don't know, there's something about that storyline. I'm a huge boxing fan. I love boxing. I've loved it since I was a kid because probably maybe the Rocky movies and who were the fighters back then, but that's super realistic. That's actually what happens in the boxing world. Uh, I actually thought the drama in the film was a little better because everybody does a falling in love storyline uh, but very few people actually take the time to revisit it. I actually like seeing the can kick down the road with him trying to make a life with you know Adrian and the brother-in-law getting involved and trying to use him and all that. That's like you know that 
that honeymoon period being over time period is very, very, uh, I don't know, it's not used much in cinema. So you know, there was that too. So I just, I don't know, I just overall like Rocky 2. I think that you should watch Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 on the same day. Just like someone should watch Halloween 1 and Halloween 2 on the same day, like I talked about when we talked about those movies. Because they're designed to be watched back to back. Like, they just pick up where the other one left off and actually finish the storyline. And uh, that's why it came out just one year later. And so I think if you do watch Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 back to back, you'll enjoy them more. And I just think Rocky 2 is the stronger hat. And yeah. I won't ruin the end. Um, but uh, great film. And. Uh, I, 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 don't, I like everything about it. And I actually think the fight in Rocky 2 is choreographed the best out of all of the Rocky fights. Um, because it's, uh, it's... There comes a point in the Rockies where it becomes a motif that Rocky's just getting the shit beat out of him until he eventually tires someone down. That's not really into. In 2, they both really... They, it's, it's actually feels like a real fight to me. And, uh, yeah, great film. Great film. There you go. And if you haven't figured out about all the Rockies on the list and mentions, you guys should watch the Rockies. Yeah, Rocky, Rocky really is. I almost had the newer Rocky Balboa on the list, but I figured I went to four just because that is one I've seen more times. I don't think it's a better film. I actually think the one that he came back and did uh, after five, mm -hmm. the newer one where he's older, was a superior film in acting and story-wise. Yeah, Balboa, by the way, Balboa, if you're going to sit down and watch the Rockies because they intrigue you, Balboa is a remake of Five and meant to replace Five. Mm -hmm. I personally like Five quite a bit, but you're going to be like, this makes no sense because at the end of the original Five, he's retarded, and all of a sudden in Balboa, he ne no, he's supposed to completely replace Five. Yeah, and I actually really did like uh, that version. Uh, but can't get everything on a top five, so... Yeah, no, I, every Rockies... Re I, even the much-aligned Rocky Five is a pretty damn good bunch. Mm -hmm. They're all great. All right. So let's move on to my number one. Um, now, I believe that we both have a movie from this same series as mm -hmm. our number one. I'm going to go with the first, and that is being uh, Rambo First Blood. Um, this is one of my all-time favorite. Uh, and then, and, uh, and you got to remember, too, I also have read this book multiple times. I like David Morell, who, by the way, is the author of this originally before it was a film. Polar opposite, polar opposites between book and movie. Uh, but that's a discussion for, for another time. So we're gonna talk about the, the film. I actually think it was one of my, it is my favorite, that's why it's my number one. I love this movie, I go back to it every now and then. I own it, I, uh, I really like the survivalist type of films like this and I think it really embodies that. Uh, a drifter <clears throat> who is a veteran of the Vietnam War is walking, uh, trying to reconnect with fellow war buddies uh, or, you know, people from his uh, unit in the war, uh, just drifting. Ends up going to a small town that starts to hassle him. The sheriff, I should uh, actually specify that, starts to hassle him and uh, eventually arrests him. This starts triggering a lot of his uh, PTSD type stuff that he, uh, you know, gained during the war. Uh, he eventually escapes and is hunted down, or they attempt to hunt him down, which leads to a lot of cool survivalist uh, suspense. It's kind of like a thriller action movie. There's, uh, I'm trying to think of a, a good comparison. You guys might say like the Hunted, I guess maybe. I mean, it was a little different, but same kind of thing. 
people hunting a guy that's very highly trained that they're not equipped to handle and he starts to pick them off one by one he does not kill them but he disables them uh, his commanding officer humiliates them. yeah humiliates them his commanding officer from back in his military uh, days is brought in thinking that uh, he'll listen to him which you know eventually he is able to help but it, it's, it's a really good movie it was really well made it is intense it is cool if you like survival you know woods and survival movies uh, it is one of my favorites he does not have a whole lot of dialogue it's mainly uh, Sylvester Sloan uh, setting booby traps and running uh, he does talk a little but it's it's towards the end of the film there's like a there's a one sequence in a mine shaft and then the ending so there's very little dialogue on his part that is very very effective for what it is and started that whole franchise yeah, I mean, you know, they got goofier and goofier as they went on. Number oh, yeah, two, first number one's, three. first one's very serious. Yeah, it's a very serious movie. It's not over the top in really, really any way. Something like this could happen. Yeah. If you were chasing a special forces mm -hmm. guy who was trained on forest survival and other types of survival, it doesn't just have to be the forest. If you are a survival, survival expert <clears throat> being chased by small town cops in the forest, there's a chance that this could actually very well happen. Yeah, and I yeah. mean, the other thing about the film is that I think a lot of people say it's corny. It's not. But it's not corny. No. And the other thing is is that I think that's for people who need the visual. If you can actually follow what's happening and then get what's implied so that everyone can watch it together, like, it's a very dark film. I mean, what do you think is actually happening when he stabs David Caruso in the ass with a knife? He's sodomizing him with a knife because they humiliate him. In the I mean, it's, it's fucking dark. Like, if you think about what is actually taking place, he's a fucked up dude doing fucked up shit. So, like, they're not wrong to stop him, but the fact that they triggered it all. Yeah. They, it's, it's a very it's they, an interesting film. They, they uh, harass him very, very strongly in the film. And not just uh, mentally, but they do it physically as well. There's uh, a specific cop in the film that takes it a little too far, beats him with a baton, mm -hmm. and he gets hosed down. All for just trying to get something to eat within the town. Yeah. And it does, it triggers it. He goes full-blown back into the jungle war mode. Where he was a POW. Yeah, where he was a POW. And that's the big thing, is them trying to lock him down and do all this stuff was very triggering. That was where that PTSD stuff came in. Yeah. And uh, thought it was very good. Uh, and in defense, for once, of Cliffing, like the wool sweater, <laughs> Rambo does only use a piece of cloth tarp in this movie to stay warm. <laughs> so, so, uh, so you know, certain, certain materials are warmer than they appear. Yeah. But anyway. It's like, you know, when you see that closer than they appear, certain yes, materials This is literally like a appear. boat cover that he cuts with his gigantic Rambo knife, survival knife, and puts over himself and then survives the rest of the film. But. Well, it's only Oregon. Yeah, it is. But it still gets cold it's up there only Oregon. But anyway, the fact of the matter is, is the movie is really good it was really well made it does kind of show uh how veterans might be affected mentally when they come back from the war he does uh, there are some scenes where he finds out that people he fought with had died mm -hmm. uh there's a little you kind of see how the the man's psyche just wasn't quite there and if you know in the where it used to be and if you watch uh some of the other ones it just gets more and more ridiculous until the fourth movie, but that's that's going to be covered here shortly. But uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, if you read the novel, which I know uh, Christina is doing, 
a podcast uh, as well where it's covering literature. The novel's much different. Rambo is a killer. He's straight out in this movie, they kind of play him as kind of a guy that's just trying to disable. In the book, he is a stone-cold killer. He kills all those cops. So it's, it's you know, totally different. That's why I said they were polar stories, but kind of the same, similar idea. Uh, so check that out, too, if you get a chance. But um, the book and the movie are both worth your time. And uh, like I said, pretty, pretty good. And there's a reason why that, that First Blood still is a cult classic of sorts, uh, you know, and still around to this day. It's why they keep making Rambos. If it hadn't been for this and that book, none of this would have happened. And I also heard a little trivia, and I can't remember. This has been a while since I read this that there was supposed to be more dialogue in this film uh, that Sylvester Stallone, if I remember correctly, actually wanted to keep, but was not able to. I believe And they cut out of the movie, so. I don't know, it could have been a whole different thing. I think they made the right decision, though. So anyway, that's my number one, First Blood. Very good movie, if you like older, uh, like I said, survival movies. Uh, very good, very good story, very well acted. Sylvester, Richard Crenna, Brian uh, Dennehy, good little good cast. It was well acted, and well made. The man with the glasses, the man with the plan, David Caruso. David Caruso gets sodomized with a knife. Yeah, he's a weakling in this movie. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> I'm just going to bring it up again. He doesn't just get stabbed. Sodomized. Clearly implied he's getting sodomized. So is that why he was smiling? I think so. No. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> well, anyway we're going to move on. But, all right, all so right, well, guys. This is Dose Rich. My number one, Rambo. Just Rambo. So he's right. The Rambos get more and more ridiculous. Rambo one is very serious. You know, First Blood. Rambo two is semi-serious. Rambo three is just absolutely freaking ridiculous, and is known for having the highest kill count. Then it disappeared. The franchise disappeared. Sylvester Stallone's career kind of was on a track where he was just falling away into nothingness so he decides to make Rambo which is kind of a remake-esque reboot thing before reboots were popular of Rambo where basically he has decided to retreat back to where he's comfortable the jungles of Asia and basically it's implied that he's on the border of Burma some Burmese shit goes on and a woman convinces Rambo to do the right thing. And the right thing is kill the most people ever killed on screen. <laughs> Saving Private Ryan violent constantly with Rambo. Yeah. So this, this, when this movie came out, it was designed specifically to be the most violent movie with the highest kill count ever made. To top Rambo 3. And that's why it's amazing. And it was way more realistic. Yeah, it's because it, 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 it went realist. Yeah. Because people wanted realism at the time. There was nothing like this that had ever seen the screen and there's a lot of weird personal reasons this is my favorite Sylvester Stallone movie and almost one of my favorite movies number one I have a huge rivalry with a critic here in town I'm not going to name his name because I don't want to talk that much shit about him but this was the first movie I was able to fucking prove that he doesn't watch the movies in his review he quoted this man writes for the Reno Gazette Journal I think he doesn't anymore no, no, it was the Reno News, uh, and, Review. News and Review. But anyway, he, he would have had a real yeah, career. He there. does not, does not watch the films. I was able to prove it because he reviewed the film based off the scenes from the trailer. 
Sylvester Stallone is infamous for putting scenes in the trailers for his films that aren't actually in his films. Cliffhanger, scenes in it that aren't in it. He likes to make sure that some of the stuff that he wanted in the film at least gets seen. So there is a lot of things in the Rambo trailer that aren't in the movie. Particular man from Reno News and Review. And so proved you didn't watch it, number one. Yes, it's a, it's a grim state of affairs. Yes, it was. So anyway. anyway um, if you look it up, you'll get it. But so that was there. Number two, this is the reason I met my wife. So I was working with a girl, and I decided to basically explain my love of ultra-violent films and sit around and laugh about a baby getting tossed in a fire. Most people would be turned off by that. Apparently my wife was not. And now I am married with three kids and been with her for 15, 17 like years. And, and none of their children were thrown on a fire. So at least there's that. No, we do other kids. Yeah, only the neighborhood <laughs> kids. But, anyway, I, 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 I uh, well, you know, it's like, uh, it's living vicariously. I am the easiest going person you'll ever meet, so I don't know why I like to watch ultraviolet films. But, um, so there was that, and then going to see this in the theater and seeing, there had never been that level of violence that well filmed. That was just gratuitous. And as you can tell from us discussing horror films, we love exploitation flicks. So this was like the perfect combination of exploitation, high budget, ultra-violence. This was just a blast to watch. Is it the best storyline of the Rambos? No. Is it the, you know, it actually, it's kind of a subpar storyline. He gets a... You know, he gets all the motifs in there. The villain's so evil, he's even a child molester. All kinds yes, of stuff. Yes. It's not even really necessary. Does so it add up to yeah. the coolest ending ever? Yes. Well, yes, and anytime you get to see Sylvester Stallone rip a man's throat out with his bare hands, unflinchingly in front of the camera, I know. it's a great movie. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. movie sealed the deal for me. I went and saw this when everyone was mocking it. And the opening night, there was only like 10 of us in the theater. This movie actually kind of got bigger on word of mouth. And I remember seeing it opening night, and as soon as he jumps on that mounted flak gun and literally shoots a man in the front seat in front of the gun until he's paced, and then the killing never stops. I mean, the killing never stopped. The killing from that point just goes Legs, and goes. Heads, I mean, it, and I, I mean, you know, obviously if that's not your thing, do not watch this movie. This movie will. Uh, it is the most. This, this movie Rambo. will make you yeah. uh, Rambo from first blood. Yeah. Oh, your PTSD will kick in. But if you like that type of this, this I don't think there's been a more violent film than this film still yet. Uh, yeah, not in the action genre anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. this was this yeah. is ludicrous. Like this is something that you just have to see to believe, and it did turn around his career. Is that I don't know what that says about society, and I don't know what that says about me, but I loved it. Number one Sylvester Stallone film. All right. And I can't agree with this. I actually wanted this ramble on my list, but once again, we are trying not to completely just have identical lists. I do agree that this ramble, I still think First Blood takes the top spot for me, but Rambo would have kicked off one of these other movies. It probably, honestly, would have been Rocky IV. Uh, but it is what it is. I know Cliffhanger's lower on my list, but still, I think it would have shifted around a little bit different had I added Rambo. I do think it was fantastic, uh, violent. And uh, anyway, that actually concludes our list. And I will say something before we go. A little treat is coming your guys' way because we are going to start adding trailers in front of our podcast. I have a, a, a good little talent with writing 
and coming up with ideas of grindhouse trailers, which we are going to resurrect. Yeah, I was told, uh, Rich and I were talking about it, and I've got a ton of those things that I have written down from many years ago. Yeah, we're going to start putting up in front of some of these episodes. They're fun, they're ridiculous, and uh, might even be offensive. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun stuff. So And they're going to be like Grindhouse. That's a real thing. Yeah, we're, we're going to do it up ourselves. Uh, I've got a lot of different things. Once again, I've written a long time ago. Um, now we're going to kind of incorporate because I think it'll be fun. And then once we're done with our action movie list, speaking of... Uh, you know, exploita uh, exploitation movies, and you know, I still want to do the video nasties list, so that's coming around the bend as well. Uh, eventually, we've still got a long way to go on these action stars. If you guys have any suggestions for us, uh, please let us know because when it comes to the smaller time actors that were in real cheese in action films, anyway, if it were horror, I don't think we'd have as much of an issue, but for me. I might want to hear uh, some suggestions on maybe some guys you'd like to see make the list, men or women, in cheesy action movies. And our next week, I believe, we are doing a two for one. Yeah, it's either, now, we haven't totally decided, but you'll know when it comes around. It's either going mm -hmm. to be Jet Li and Chan, Jackie Chan, or it's going to be Lundgren and uh, Christopher, Lambert. Christopher Lambert. <laughs> yeah. So, it's Lambert, it's not going to be that. Lambert or Lambert, I always have said Lambert, so I'm going to stick with Lambert. Yeah, do what you got to do. But he's French, so it's probably Lambert. I think it's Lambert. Yeah, so anyway. Yes. Uh, we're going to find out. We're going to find out. We'll figure it out. We'll actually, have, we'll have all the this answers is, for you this guys. Is, this is, you know what this should be? This should be one of the first, uh, uh, we were thinking about doing a trivia thing. This should be one of the trivia questions. Yeah. Is it Lambert yeah. or Lambert? Yeah, you let there us you know. Go. You let us know. Is it Lambert? <laughs> Lambert. Do you even know who Does the hell he is? Motto? Hey. No. I'll say this much. So any of you out there who've seen the movie, on my list is going to be a movie he starred in with Mario Van Peebles, the star of Solo. Solo. Oh, my. Want to be back, Mike? Uh, or one of his crowning achievements, <laughs> Beowulf. Just kidding. Beowulf fucking sucks. Yeah, don't see that. I was kidding. That won't make anybody's list. And if it does, even Lambert You need to put yourself on a wool sweater and head on out to the Rocky Mountains and die. <laughs> I think the only way I'm going to be able to prove this to you is I'm going to put you in that exact fucking sweater in the, 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 Rocky in the same situation. And I think you're going to come back and be like, man, that was toasty. <laughs> I didn't feel a thing. All right. Well, anyway, guys, yeah, we're looking forward to recording these Grindhouse trips. I think it's going to be fun. Uh, and once again, they're going to be ridiculous. They're going to be all audio, obviously, with this podcast. But we're, I'm going to try to write them in a way, again, to where they fit the, the structure of a podcast without having any visuals. It'll be a fun time. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Yes, so. yes. Well, we're, then we are definitely going to do some expanding of some stuff. Yes, we want to start adding a trivia in here. I don't know exactly how we're going to do that yet. Uh, we want to do that, and then, yes, a whole bunch of different recorded Crying uh, House trailers that we'll be doing. That's just for fun. It's gonna, You guys will laugh. I mean, some of the stuff I have is ridiculous. So You should prep yourself with watching some of the classic yes. Crying House trailers. Yes. So anyway, it'll be good fun, and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We had a good time. Um, Send your requests to yeah. moviebritchespod at gmail.com. And once again, please tell us if it's, tell us if it's Lambert or Lambert. Tell me it's Lambert. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
and I don't doubt it because he's a Frenchman. But, you know. Anyway. <laughs> but all right, you guys. We're going to hit the trail. So, uh, yeah. Until next time. See you later. Alligator. <laughs> We're going to edit that on out of there. <laughs> all right, you guys. Take care. I swear to the Lord.